Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Vantage Point. We are excited to be joined by our kids pastor, Adam Bain. Lead Hello there, pastor, Mr. Bain. Adam Bain. Hello there. <laughs> you probably get that a lot, Adam. I do. I do. All the Bain. Mr. Bain. Mr. Bain. Anyway. Yeah. So today we're just going to kind of catch us up on, on who Adam is, what's his interest. And Adam, he's served in some pretty unique roles. He's the lead kids pastor here, but he's also served over all of Next Gen. Uh, he's been a school teacher, just has a ton of uh, experience and wisdom in student and kids ministries. And so we just want to pick his brain a little bit, but most importantly, get to know about him. So Adam, introduce yourself. Hello, I am Adam Bain. And uh, I'm glad to be here, guys. It's good to have We're you. We're glad bro. to have you. This in, is, in the yeah. Tennessee Tennessee shirt, which yeah, is uh, yeah, go big orange. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah, We're no, I, I think it is okay for you to wear Tennessee. I've said this before. Even in Lexington, you should rep your team and be proud of it. Yes, and uh, you know, I, I took a while to kind of keep this on the DL, and I think it's now it's time for me to start wearing some apparel. You know, now I, I must say this. And Brody and I were talking about this a little while ago. See, am I a Tennessee fan? Absolutely. But I'm a lame fan. Yeah. Like, I'm not hardcore. I have two older brothers. They're hardcore, right? Um, you know, sports, I like sports. Not crazy about sports. I like it, you know? But if you were to talk to me about the Vols and really get into the nitty-gritty, you'd, you'd lose me. Like, yeah. like, talking, like, hearing from Brody, he knows, like, stats i mean yeah but brody can be dissuaded too like he just like whoa, sometimes whoa, whoa. he thinks people are the greatest and then he comes back like six months later and he's like that guy was awful all right well, no so you're he's they, he's, but, a, but, he's a typical tennessee that's, fan but, that's you not can, true you can say brody he does know his stuff he does yeah right so so i'm glad he's here in this conversation but, because if you started to to really like question me about the vols i'd quickly like I couldn't keep up. I, right? I would like to add for the listeners that um, I'm a very grounded Tennessee fan. You, there are yeah. some Tennessee fans who are obnoxious and crazy. They yes, crazy I don't claim base. them. So, yeah. like, I'm not gonna throw it in your face, kind of thing. Yeah, I only banter with people who banter with me. Yes. I'm not gonna be the guy that's like, you yeah. guys suck. Yeah. Blah, blah, I'm not blah, blah, gonna blah. be the one to bring up yeah. the Vols. And if anything, and I'll say this right now, and and Brody disagrees, but I think, I think Kentucky is is gonna is gonna beat us. Like, I don't know. I, I, I I'm think so. This right here. I'm I'm just I'm bracing myself for this loss, and um, but I will say too, I'm happy that Kentucky beat the Gators. Oh, anyone yeah, that beats the Gators, I'm all for it. That was a very um, it was it was a game of many emotions because I was happy for Kentucky. Way to go, man! Yeah. I mean, they like dominated. They did. Um, but I was frustrated because the Gators were were playing so poorly. And it was just like, well, why didn't they play that way for us? Well, you got to remember, man, they, they were the on fire. They were on fire with us. They like, played so well. Yeah, but they were at home. They were. I will they say, were in the swamp. There's a reason Tennessee hasn't won in 21 years in the swamp. Like, <sighs> I'll be, uh, you know, Kentucky has. Um, I'll be curious. It's not the same rivalry. I'll be curious to see how they play in the swamp on their next game. Like, if it, hmm. if it, because you got to remember, they didn't play Utah in the swamp. Anyway. This is not what this is about. Yeah, I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. But, but we did get this out of the way. We did. <laughs> go Vols. And I'm but, sitting hey, in between Go Wildcats. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, do the thing. So, um, do the thing. So, yeah, I mean, a um, little bit about my history. Um, I did start out in education. I was a, a teacher for a few years. I taught fourth grade. I loved it. Um, it was a lot of fun. I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life, was just be a school teacher, and I'd be happy with that, right? Um, 
I started to feel God call me into ministry. My dad, uh, he was a pastor, mm. and so uh, I did not want to go into ministry. I mean, just seeing how my dad was treated, it was just like, and, and now it wasn't all bad or anything, yeah. but, but you know, when you're a pastor's kid, you see everything, you see it all, yep. and you hear all the conversations, and it's like, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, again, I have two older brothers. My oldest brother, he's, he's in ministry. He's a pastor. And, uh, and so one day after my third year of teaching, he calls me up and he's in Clarksville, Tennessee, and he's at a church called Grace Community Church. And he's like, Hey man, we're looking for a kid's pastor. And at that moment, I was like thinking about going into ministry. I was active at my church. Um, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, which is odd because you would think just naturally I would go into kids' ministry, but all that was kind of new to me because I was resisting the call yeah. to ministry for so long. And so um, I went out to Clarksville to check out their church, and I was like, oh, this was crazy. I mean, just the way they were doing things. Uh, they were in schools. And so that was foreign to me. I mean, this was back in the day. So this was this was this was like back when because I've been in ministry for 14, 15 years, something like that. So this was like like 14, 15 years ago. The idea of a church meeting in a school was mm. was kind of new or kind of fresh. This was when um, North Point was was you know just getting they were huge you know and their philosophies were kind of taking hold everywhere mm -hmm. so this less is more philosophy and all these different ways of doing things I got to see it in action so I was when I went to check out Grace I saw a kids ministry that was already healthy it was it was thriving um, and Ron Edmondson that's where he launched uh, Grace Community Church he and Chad Rowland they were co-pastors and so um, I was just kind of floored with the experience. I, I can remember one of the selling points for me that was just like, are you serious? Is Michael and Ron were walking around with me. We were looking at different things. They were showing me how things were done and everything looked at. They were like, hey, if you don't like it, you can change it. Or if you think it'd be better. And so I'm coming from public education. You can't change anything. You, you have no control hardly, you know. Um, and this was even back in the day, like before it got super rigid. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, like, that was, like, crazy to me to think, like, well, you mean if I don't, we can just change it? You know, and so I fell in love with that concept. And, uh, and then I can remember after church, I had lunch with Ron, and my family's, Marissa was with me and everything. And, and uh, he said, you know, basically, like, well, what, what's holding you back from, from just saying let's do it? And I really didn't have an answer. I was just kind of like, I don't know. And he was just like, just take the risk. Take the leap. And I was just like, okay. You know? <laughs> so, like, I left there, and, of course, we, we prayed about it and thought through it and had many, many conversations. And um, the crazy thing is the final thing that happened that was like, oh, this is right for us to go into ministry. So, Marissa, and, and she would talk about this to anybody. So, she um, had really strong anxiety when it comes to going to new places. Uh, so, like, even when we first started dating, like, going on vacation for a week was emotionally hard for her, you know? So I was like, wow, this is – and I loved vacations. I was like, okay, this is – I got to get used to this and figure this out, you know? 
And so um, the idea of moving from Chattanooga, mm-hmm. I just ended up saying, God, if we're going to go, then you're going to have to change your heart because I'm not, I'm not going to go if, if it's going to cause her like major anxiety. When she said, yeah, let's do it, that's when I was like, that's all I need you to know because that was a straight-up miracle like for that to happen. So moved out to Clarksville. We had just had uh, Emma, like was – Brand new. I yeah. mean, there she was, you know, <laughs> and so we move out and start that adventure there. Um, I started out over elementary, then the role expanded over time where um, I was over, you know, preschool all the way through fifth grade. Of course, listen, when I say I was over preschool, I just put awesome people running that, and I mainly focused on elementary. Uh, so we were there for about eight years. Now, interesting, interesting side note. So while I was there, Ron quickly became like my dude. Mm-hmm. He was my dude. Uh, he's introverted. I'm introverted. Like I, you know, I don't fit the mold. Uh, some people disagree. I am introverted. <laughs> this is a I hot, think, this I is think, a hot debate. I think this, you share a similar attribute as me. I think you are an extroverted introvert. I some think would you, say those I don't think exist. you have times. <laughs> It's called an ambivert. I'm not kidding you. I yeah, 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 it. yeah. I um, think there are times where you are hardcore introverted. So, like, you'll pass Adam's office and the door <laughs> shut, and he's in there by himself. Or you won't see him for, like, three days. Or you won't see him for three days yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, But there's also times where it's turned on, it's ramped up, and it's like but, – but the problem is, Adam, in, in my observation, to give you credit, it's always with people you're familiar with. So, like, we're familiar with each other. Yes. So, yeah. it's – it's different. It's, yeah. it's, it's easier for me so, to connect. So I would not say, I mean, I, you, you are introverted. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. You walk me into a room full of strangers. Oh, I hate that. With no um, purpose, right? Whew, yeah. I clam up. I mean, I can, I can do it, and I can work it somewhat, um, but it's very hard for me. Yep. And I am, like, literally counting down the minutes of when I can get out. And when I do leave, I'm <laughs> beat yeah like for me sundays can be sundays are hard. I, i'm beat when i when i go yeah see and people I, like this you is the thing. i just like, don't like, amaze me you're like my brother i don't relate to it but yeah so I, I figured out in high school that i didn't like being alone like at all so oh, i've gotten better at that in college because sometimes you're just alone like just how it is yeah um but i had a friend group that we always did stuff so and i didn't mind meeting new people i don't love small talk i don't know if many people do like actually enjoy small talk. I think talk. with friends, you don't really have small talk. No. So yeah, once you yeah. get to know someone, you don't. But like, yeah. so I understand. And when you're in a room with a bunch of people that you don't know, in a way you are just doing small it's talk. Small talk. Can I, yeah. can I pause on this? Students, if you have the opportunity to be asked questions, um, the worst thing you can say is, yup. Or I don't oh, know. Yeah. Huh? yeah. I don't know. Have a conversation. I'm just saying. Yeah. Side yeah. Note. Even if it's hard, like yeah, push through it. Say, That's a good skill to learn um, it's, you know, because if it's just a yep and a uh-huh, well, you're going to have a hard time in life connecting with people that you would probably end up becoming good friends with. So listen, I understand the yep and the uh-huh. Like I'm the one who would rather in some cases just want to go to my office and close the door. Right. Um, but it's always worth the effort to try to have that conversation, but I get it though. Especially within it. community. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So like when you're, you know, like, Hey, how was your week? Good. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And then, yeah. and then there's no follow-up question. Like, <laughs> honestly, the courteous, this is what's funny about Gen Z. Like, I'm part of Gen Z. 
I'm the latter half of it. But they, you will ask them a question, like, hey, how's your day? And they'll be like, fine. Yeah. The normal thing to do is go, how was yours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and because I'm wired the way that I am, so I'm always trying to avoid those awkward, silent moments they they kill me inside, right? I mean, I, I don't. I really sometimes don't know what to do with those moments. I, so I, struggle I love with this. talking to people that like can carry conversation. Yes, because it's like, oh, this is so refreshing. Like you're uh, you're kind of for me taking a load off my shoulders where I don't have to carry the conversation. So when I'm talking to younger folks, I'm in my 40s now, so I can say that. Like I'm, when I'm talking to you guys, sometimes it's hard for me when you have those moments where it's like, yep, I'm just like awkwardly like, I just, I, I don't know just, what to do. I just walk away <laughs> okay. at times. I'm like, I literally yeah. try to like look for my exit points and I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go around. I'm going to talk to this. Like, cause I can only stand there awkwardly and silent for so long. Oh, it's before. a killer. Which by the way, when you're in student ministry and you don't get responses, that's what makes Sunday so hard. Cause yeah. that takes every bit of the extroversion that you have. Yes. Yeah, and then you yeah. walk away and you're just like, yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, I am drawn to people who can carry conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good so, skill to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that drew me to Ron. Yeah. Because all I had seen at that point in my life, and you still only see this in most churches, is extroverts in the church uh, as far as leadership. Um, so it was refreshing for me to see Ron, who was introverted. Uh, Ron is a great guy. He's cool, and he's got an uh, awesome personality, and I've seen him work a room. So it's not that Ron is some weirdo. He's not. Uh, but, but to have somebody that I can identify with, that it's like, man, wait, you're, you're kind of like me in different ways, and you make it work. Mm-hmm. So how do you make it work? And he taught me how to make it work, you know. And so uh, we had this – it was it was awesome, you know. Now, I loved everybody else there, too. It was a great staff. So he leaves there after several years of me being at Grace to come to Emmanuel. Super cool for this church. I, that was a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Like, now I ended up working out great because, again, it was a great staff, you know. But um, – so, you know, I was at Grace, or yeah, I was at Grace for a little while longer, and, and then we eventually moved back to Chattanooga, and that's where I started out as a kids pastor, and I was over preschool, and then the role expanded for about a year and a half of being a next-gen pastor. Um, quickly learned that's probably just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I, you know, I did the best I could, but I really started missing just having a focus again. So then God brought us here, and it was like, wow, we get to, I get to work with Ron again? This is crazy. Um, it's, it's a great staff. And I was really, there were two things I, I was excited about. Getting to work with Ron again and getting to just focus on kids, man. I'm just at a season in my life where um, I just want to focus on that. And I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. I don't really want anything else. Yeah. I just, this is my lane. And it's kind of cool because um, there's, there's something with sticking with something. There was a lot of moments um, over these past 14, 15 years that I've thought, I want to get out. Yeah. I want to try something else. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because there is something really cool to, to sticking with it, getting the experience, 
hopefully getting a little more mature, getting more comfortable with yourself. And so this is fun for me right now. Yeah. I'm just in my lane. I'm doing my thing. And um, so, yeah, so I'm here, and this is it's fun. Well, we're glad you're here. Well, yeah. thank we you. We think you do a great job, bro. Thank you. Thank yes. you. So Appreciate it. Fun lookers, too. Kidsman's rocking. Kidsman is rocking. Um, so tell me, Adam, what do you like to do, bro? Like, obviously, these people don't know mm -hmm. what our uh, Wednesday lunch ritual is, but oh like, yeah, 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 old, just kind of even where that started. <laughs> and why are you shaking your head now, uh, nerds? Yeah, Go nerds. Ahead. Go ahead. I, first off, I'm just you know I can remember I was uh, interviewing somebody for at my last church for a youth pastor position, and there was this young guy that was interviewing. Super cool dude, man. He was he was awesome. And I was asking him, like, so what do you like to do? Like, what are you into? And he was naming off all this stuff. And then he was like, so what do you like to do? And I was like, well, I, oh, man. I was like, dude, I'm really boring, man. I'm not really, like, into life. Like, I, I like being with my family. Um, like, I'm, I'm obsessed with my family. Like, uh, they bring me energy. Um, I get more out of it than they do. But I Every day, they're first. Yeah. I try to do that. Like, every day, they're first. Like, like literally, and you know this about me. Like, I will, I will jam-pack. I'm a scheduler, so I'm scheduling everything out. I do that because I want to try to get as much done so that I can just go home and be with my family. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's my goal every day, just to get home, disconnect, and just be with them. So uh, just hanging out with my family, and we're a bunch of homebodies. Yeah, we just love being at home, like and and just being together. Now I say that, and then you'll if you popped in, you'd see everybody <laughs> on their different tablets and you know what I mean. But it's just fun, just kind of being together. Now outside of that, I mean, I, uh, I like music. I play guitar, not very well, but uh, growing up, um, you know, as a kid, I played baseball and basketball and stuff like that. But I just I didn't like practice, man. Like I couldn't stand it. Um, in third grade, I learned guitar. And, and then my cousins, they played, actually like my uncle, he's, he plays guitar. And um, so there's a lot of musicians in my family. So we ended up putting a band together. So all through like middle school and high school, I was in rock bands and stuff and we would play different parties. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. Did you have long hair, Adam? Were you rocking? Oh, I did, man. I was grunge. I was alternative. This was Nirvana. Sick. You, yeah. You can, can we get you, a picture can we of that? Some pictures oh, man. Of that? The pictures. Can I put I'm a picture try to keep on the podcast? Hidden. Are they on actually? Facebook? Um, I don't think so, but you could probably ask Marissa and she'd dig up oh, some dirt. It's horrible. Like, I mean, because, you know, this was like Nirvana and all those bands and I was like, I was full into it. You're trying to embody Kurt Cobain. That was my thing. Adam Bon Jovi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Cobain. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And so I like to play guitar. Um, I like to just come up with different ideas for, for songs and everything that just I keep within. I don't ever really share them with anybody else. But Yeah, we don't get any bolos out of you. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I, I like to hike. I, I really enjoy hiking when I can. Um, that's not happening too much these days. Yeah. But um, And then my obsession right now is Star Wars. So Star Wars is my ultimate obsession. And um, so every Wednesday, Jake and I have a lunch where we watch Ahsoka because it comes out on Tuesday nights. And sometimes we cheat and we watch it, but I think we're, we're old enough to the point where, honestly, we fall asleep yeah. and we just can't stay awake for it. So we have to watch it. Because, it comes, out at, because it comes out at like 9.40 yeah. or something like that. And that's late. And that's... Y'all... When we were in 
so when Mandalorian was coming out, it would come out like 2 a.m. in College Station because it was coming out like midnight for the west yeah. coast or like 3 a.m my friends yeah. would stay up and watch it i can't do no, that i can't do that now in college man i could i, I could either. pull like an all-nighter i worked at fedex for a while yep. and i worked third shift and i could go to school the next day yep. dude by like eight, eight o'clock my body's already like get ready buddy because <laughs> well, you you're lay, starting to shut down do you <laughs> lay down with drew at all oh yeah yeah so i so lay like, down we're with laying Judah, down with the kids and, and i'm like i'm done like, oh, I, better, I better be showered. I better have my teeth brushed because yeah. there is a good chance that I am, I am KO'd. Yeah. Oh, and man, Rachel's it hits me every time. And saying, hey, wake up. come to bed. Yeah, that's, that's every night for me. And so, uh, but yeah, Sweet. we enjoy Ahsoka. I love Star Wars. The funny thing is, like, that growing up, I wasn't in Star Wars. Um, and I think this is why, see, Brody is not um, into Star Wars. And I'll let you elaborate more on that. So, I've tried. And I get this. I genuinely have tried. I get this, yeah. And I remember I, my family, we like to do movie marathons. We love the movies. So, I've grown up, like, gone to the movies, watched a ton of movies. Ask Jake, like, we'll talk about it sometimes. Like, I love them. Um, we had realized that none of us had really seen, we had seen some Star Wars growing up. But we had never watched them all the way through. So, my parents were, like, one summer, I think it was in high school, they were, like, we're sitting down. It was, oh, it was before The Force Awakens came out. Mm. They were like, we're gonna watch Such a good movie. All of them. Adam's favorite, by the way. I actually did enjoy Force Awakens. I really did. Wait, I hold on. That's not your favorite. Listen, no, no, Rogue, no, no. One, Rogue one, favorite. one is my that's favorite. That's right. That's right. Oh, we're Rogue going one. Yeah. So okay, but I, I like them all. I yeah. like it. I like so them. okay, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I don't know yeah. the lore. I'm just going into it completely open minded, kind of like I did Harry Potter, and then I ended up falling in love with Harry Potter. It was amazing. Yeah. So then I, exactly, <laughs> um, we watched all the prequels, everything. And I'm like, okay, this was great. Like, genuinely, I enjoyed the, the original saga. Mm-hmm. Went to go see Force Awakens. Started so off. So wait, and you like Phantom of the Menace and all that, too? It was, okay, the, all right. those were struggle. Like, okay. Jar Jar Binks could, I didn't care, care for him. You know? Yeah, I get wow. it. But I get what it, I'm I saying is, it. like, the, like Jar Jar. it was worth getting through <laughs> the prequels <laughs> to understand. Because we watched them uh, in, I feel like we watched them in order. And then... But I've, told, I've heard it's better to do it four, five, six, one, two, three. But I don't know. Who cares? Uh, um, we watched them in order. And once you get to the new, A New Hope and you start doing those movies, you're like, oh, I understand. This is yeah, cool. that was great. Um, so I'm in. I'm like, yeah, great. I love Star Wars. It's going to be great. Ghost of the Force Awakens. I genuinely, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good setup. I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Second movie comes out. I sucked. Like I hated it. I did not enjoy it one bit. I don't. Did. I didn't understand the writing. I don't like the way they portrayed well, there was Luke. Different, there was like a different director and everything. There was a whole. They big, totally like, switched up. And yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there's actually interviews of him saying that he like on purpose went against the lore to make make Star Wars fans like angry in a way or like change stuff. Like he yeah, was like, I'm yeah. trying to push the the limits. There was and and there was. I'm not saying I agree with this or I don't, but there was also like people were saying there was some, like a woke agenda with it and everything yes. too. And uh, but yeah, there was a lot of people that dissed I, on so that movie. My like, friends and, and we I were, get that too. Like we I were mean, all the same way. So yeah. then after that, I had a bad taste in my mouth. The shows I think started coming out. No, sorry. The fa- I think the final movie came out before the shows because I they released Rogue One. Rogue One was good. I was like, okay, great. <sighs> Rogue One, awesome. Um, it's amazing. I go and see the third one. And again, I'm just like I feel like they're trying to fix whatever. The that's, that's, one broke. Well, that's exactly what they did. They were those other two were just trying to fix changing of yeah. the guard and yeah. and how these different agendas played into it. Um, but you know, 
you've made comments about some of the movies. Like, they're, you watch them, and they're just like, okay. I mean, Yeah, you kind of leave. It's good. So now, like, that was my whole life, yeah. like, of watching Star Wars because my brothers were into Star mm-hmm. Wars. Like, so I would watch it, and I'd be like, okay. The acting is, it's mediocre. Like, it's not yeah. great. No. Like, you don't go to Star Wars for great now, I now some sound. of the other movies and stuff like Rogue One is a totally different deal. Like that's solid acting, uh, dialogue is great yeah. from start to finish. Um, so I grew up like it's okay, it's cool, lightsabers, that's awesome, you know. Um, but that was about it. When I heard about Mandalorian, uh, I was like, okay, well, I checked out a trailer for it. That looked interesting. So then I, we got Disney Plus, and. That's when I started my obsession. So it wasn't until then. So, I'm COVID very happened. weird with things. Yeah. You know, some, like, some so people, it's, it's just business. like, I, I go in and out of things. Like, yeah, yeah. as far as, like, just going head first, like, passion. Like, this is awesome. Star Wars is probably the longest thing that I've been into this. Like, I still, like, yeah. think this is so cool. I think it's probably because all the new content coming yeah. out, you know? But, like, I grew up thinking it's okay. Um, but I always loved talking to Star Wars nerds. Yeah, they know I, even more. even when I was at, like when I didn't care about Star Wars, I wasn't into it. But I loved, and there was this guy at my last church, Jordan, who is. There's no one that that I've ever talked to that has more knowledge than this dude, and he just educated me on all this background information. So all that was happening, and then I watched all the movies in order, and then from there on, it's like so, hooked. And the cartoon, I've seen, I've seen all yeah. the cartoons, I've seen it all. And like multiple times. <laughs> this is my this is this is kind of my problem with it. It's so much. It is mm. a ton. Yeah. And you have to do all the hours of watching and reading and you have and to read the books. Yeah. to know it all and understand the significance of things. I don't have that I don't have that much will totally. to do that. I'm yeah. an I'm just a like casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. So I like Harry Potter, I could go watch the movies and go watch all seven of them, mm-hmm. all eight of them, and be like I know what just happened. That was amazing. Maybe do a little bit of research on some things. like. Oh, my friend, though. No, I know. someone who is now reading the books. I know. It goes way deeper. Yeah, I'm into Harry Potter now. But the difference is that when I'm watching The Mandalorian, I need to know that stuff. You got to know. When I'm watching Harry Potter, I don't don't need to know that stuff. No, no. So that's why when The Mandalorian came out, I just didn't like it. Because some character would come out of nowhere, and my friends would be like, oh, my goodness. who? Oh, my goodness. I'd be like, who is that, and why is he important? Why are y'all freaking out? Yeah, like like if you haven't seen the animated series Rebels, Ahsoka doesn't. It's still going to be cool, and you're going to like it, but like you're not going to get it unless you've seen Rebels. And if you even go further, so like I'm to the point where I've like read all the, the books on Thrawn, who is like the See, central villain of Ahsoka. <laughs> and most people are like, yeah, Thrawn, who the heck are you talking about? And Thrawn is the coolest villain other than Darth Maul. I'll, Darth Maul is awesome, cool. dude. Um, and then, got, but, but there's a whole storyline like of him that people don't even know about. Well, if you haven't seen like Clone okay, Wars, okay. So that. I grew up when Clone Wars was coming out, and I remember yeah. watching it oh, so good. as it came oh, out, and I did like gosh, it. Um, yeah. I remember thinking, because Darth Maul, they I don't know why they didn't make him talk in the movies. Like that was weird because he definitely talks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like he does dialogue, and it's odd. They resurrect him. They do all sorts of things. Oh my with gosh, him. what yeah. they do with that dude? But but he didn't talk a lot. I think when you saw him in Episode One because. Um, well, he was just a puppet. I think he says like three words. Yeah, yeah, and he was, and he was loyal, and and he was, 
gonna just kind of be he was okay to be in the background yeah because of his master right but what you do find out is that he has been a puppet the whole time they palpatine uses him to carry out an entirely different agenda mm. and they, these are the kind of things that when you start to because i've read about a book about palpatine and and his master and that's where you start to see how they engineered this whole thing and how they bring in Maul. Hmm. And it's that kind of stuff that it's like, that's insane. Most things, I'm right there with you. I wouldn't have time for any of this yeah. stuff. It's just somehow this gripped me at a point in my life where it's like, I don't know, it just it all clicked. And, and it's so cool that it did because there's so much content yeah. coming out that it's like yeah. my brother, my oldest brother, he's hardcore in Star Wars too. And we keep just like telling each other, can you believe that like mm -hmm. we get all this? Now, he's been a Star Wars fan since, man, since he was a kid. Like, yeah. so this is, for me, this is a newer obsession yeah. compared to him. But I'm the same way. I'm just like, yeah, I can't believe we get yeah. all this and content. And who knows, maybe like in five years or something, I yeah. rediscover it, and then I find it, just it much you. more passion. I'm yeah. open to it. I just right now have no desire to start watching it. Uh, I get it. It's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to take on if you really want to understand all the ins and outs of who people are and their backstories. Yeah. It's a ton. Now, Harry Potter, though, is something that I just could not get into. See, that's interesting to me. That's very but, but again, I couldn't get into Star Wars either for a long time. And I think it's because I got hung up on the first one when they're little oh. kids. And, and I was just like, I don't want to. What is this? And so I never pursued any of the other movies. Um, but then it just got to the point where it's like too many people that I really value their opinion were like, you got to watch this, you know. Mm -hmm. And then Jake was the last person to be like, to do that you 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 gotta watch like if you like star wars you're gonna like this and you're gonna get into it and blah blah, blah. i was like fine and i've watched them all it is awesome yeah, like it is it awesome. is awesome it's not it hasn't left me to the point where like i'm obsessed to read the books right yeah. now but i could see myself reading the books over the next couple of years yeah it's really good gosh yeah and acting like and so again if people have beef with the acting of star wars i'm like yeah i get it man <laughs> yeah. most of it's 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 not that great, man. It's it's okay. Um, it's more of all the the meanings and the background and all that stuff. Harry Potter is just straight up legit. Yeah. Like the first one is 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 okay, but even that's good. But then when you get the second one on, oh oh my well, god! I think for me it was like Goblet of Fire. Yes, that's my was favorite. So phenomenal that I was like, really? Right, that was I'm your in. favorite? I think so. I think Goblet that's of Fire. The one. I think it's so. not my Fire favorite. Wizard tournament. Wait a minute. Maybe it's not. I'm See, for me, it's either Order of the Phoenix or I like Half Phoenix. Blood Prince. Obviously, Deathly Hallows Part Two is also yeah. very phenomenal. But those are the three best. Okay, Order of the Phoenix though. is when stuff starts to like really. So happen. one is Sorcerer's Stone. Two yeah. is Chamber of Secrets. Three is Prisoner of Azkaban. Really good. Four. Yeah, yeah that one is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Four is the Goblet of Fire. That's okay. when like Voldemort becomes. Actually, that's when he comes back. back. They're in the Triwizard Tournament where they go through all the trials, the dragon, Cedric yes. dies, okay. swimming, and then like the mermaid one, and then the final one is the maze. Okay, and he, he, him, and Cedric Diggory touch the the cup together, and it takes them to the port key. Yeah, they touch the port key, and it takes it's, them to. It's the, hard for me to to pick, like, because it, it just. It just kept getting well, you so watched it. intense. Correct. You you I watched binged. it. I binged. You binged. I just so like, that's a really hard thing to separate. I watched them as they came out for yeah. the most part. So I, I saw the final two movies in theaters. Yeah. 
Um, that, I mean, that was my childhood. So, like, I watched – I didn't see the first, the second, or the third in theaters, but from that point on, I saw them all in theaters. Cool. Um, I saw the first, second, and third after they had come out. Mom wouldn't let me watch Harry and Potter. I, um, she changed yeah, her mind. That took a while for people. So, but yeah. anyway, yeah, I mean, it, they, they are phenomenal, and the acting is great. For me, I just love Order of the Phoenix, which ends with Sirius Black dying. I think that oh, that was oh, that was hard to watch. And then I think yeah, I, I well, think, well, that's when all this stuff starts to happen with like Dumbledore and Snape and like the Ministry, everything. Every it just all starts to crescendo. You learn about why. See now, it's hard for me because I haven't. I've been trying to watch the movies after I read the book, mm. but I can't stay awake. Yeah, because I can only watch <laughs> yeah. them at night. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if the movie. And the books are so much more detailed, yeah. especially when it comes to the Goblet of Fire. They're Once intimidating book, to even look at. They're just, I, know. I mean, I know it's big, so, large so print and stuff, yeah. but it's like... I've been doing audiobooks, like, yeah. and like I'm, I've already through... So I start... When did I start? You started like, like maybe... Two, three weeks ago? Yeah, dude. You and I'm been doing that already long. in the Half-Blood Prince, which means I only have one other book. I have two, I'm on my... This is the second to the last book. Uh, and then I'll read the final book probably next week. Sometime. That's good. I'm Listen. glad I listened to you, and I'm yeah. glad I'm glad I so just watched. I did it. I will I'm say in. that the difference from watching it in your experience in the theaters. So in between part one and part two, Deathly Hallows, mm-hmm. you had we had to wait like three years, like two or three years. It's crazy. So like Harry Potter dies, or not, does he die at the beat? No, no, Dumbledore. No, no, no. Who dies at the end of um, Dumbledore? Part well, one. part one, Dobby dies. Dobby dies. Voldemort has the Elder Wand. Huge. So you're like, alerts, by the way. Yeah. Huge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. how it ends. Part one ends yeah. with the tomb opening. And yeah. He gets the other wand, and you're like, crap. And like, y'all need to label this podcast spoiler. Part, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for we real. will spoil you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if which that could be a whole nother, dude. When we start talking about Harry Potter, that could be a whole other podcast. Oh, I know. We can't I, go too into it. Probably. Every fall, I I rewatch the movies. Typically, this is the first fall where I'm not really in seminary, and I decided, you know. I'm going to read the books for once. Mm-hmm. And the first one, the second one, are pretty much just like the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a couple small details that you catch on. And you're yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize that. Third one, you get to know the backstory of Remus, uh, uh, Mooney. The Marauders. The Marauders, like yeah. Wormtail, all those people. Um, <laughs> after that, you, you're in a whole new world. The mm-hmm. movies just do not. They couldn't go in depth because it's a thousand page book. Like yeah. you can't go in depth. So it's fascinating. It's like it's so and many I, and details, I'm listening so many parts, to it and reading yeah. it. So I don't, I don't see how she came up. I just, it's just yeah, crazy. It's crazy. So but that's the way I feel about Star Wars. Oh well, yeah, like, George Lucas. You're this like, is how? nuts. How did you, how did you do this? Well, and see, Star Wars is now changing to where and Dave Filoni's the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, how do you do this? How yeah. are you building on this like that? It's crazy. How it all connects and builds up and everything. It's that's a part of the attraction to me. Is yeah. that kind of stuff? It's well, like it's storytelling. It's, good it's the creativity of the human mind. And yeah. Like even when we talk about the whole cruxes, like how do you even? I or no, whole cruxes, I have no idea how. You how do you figure that. that out? Like how? Do you, I, well, I was even thinking about like, the name of like spells. I would be terrible. That'd be like. By the way. Yeah. I'd be like uh, abracadabra or. I want to show you something. Oh, he's gonna. Yeah, I know. Like the the name. Hey Siri. Loomis. See that? <laughs> Turns the wow. flashlight on. That is awesome. Hey Siri, Knox. Wow. Watch, are you ready? Stop. That's Siri. Hey Siri, Asio Spotify. Oh, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it did it. Hold on. It's my watch is picking everything up. 
But That's anyway, crazy. It'll open up. Osseo <laughs> Spotify. For a Harry Potter nerd, this is like golly. So like yeah, you can yeah. you can control your phone. Yeah, with if Harry you're Potter. not into Star Wars or Harry Potter, this, this is, is the worst. This is an awful section. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> which we can. We, hey, we got some sports in there at the beginning. We there did. Go. We got there some sports go. in there. We did. Um, I will. I'll, we'll we'll pivot hard on this and we'll we'll wrap this thing up because um, we can cut some of that out. But um, as someone who's been involved in family ministry, I'm just going to ask. What's like your biggest nugget? And I, I want you to specifically speak to parents because I think one of the things that you said that really stuck out to me is how you are, you want to be with your kids. Uh, I think sometimes the temptation for parents is to, you know, I need a break for my kids. I need to get away. I need to take a trip, which that's healthy. And you can do that if, if, if you want to. But like, what's the biggest um, piece of advice that you would give a parent and a student listening would hear that too? If like, hey, you guys, like this is what, in my life scene, in my wisdom, I've got a teenage daughter, I've got a four-year-old son, like, this is where the Lord's really brought light into my life. Yeah, um, so on. one thing, I was, I was talking to Marissa about this just last night, because um, Emma went out with, you know, she's a, she's a freshman in high, high school now, and she went out with her friends, and, and, and we got a picture of them all out having fun, and so Marissa texted me, and she's like, hey, look at them. I'm so proud of Emma, because this is her first year at a new school. And um, she's like, I'm happy for her, but I'm sad at the same time. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, because just, it's just going by so fast. And those moments have hit me and everything. Um, so I started thinking about that. And so we were, we were t- when I finally got home, we were talking about it. It's like, you know, the, the deal is I, under- I understand the sad part. I get it. But you know what? We have given every ounce to her of who we are. Like, I've enjoyed every single, and I'm still just just enjoying, like, every single moment. And let me say this. I'm not saying this because, like, um, oh, I'm just such a great parent. This is selfish. Like, I, I just, these are my people. Like, mm-hmm. these, are, these are my people. Like, I love them so much. So this is from, this is more selfish than anything else. But, like, I've just... I couldn't, I can't, there's no way I can look back at raising Emma and, and even so far with Ava, who's nine, and then with Drew, that I, I can't imagine, I can't, I couldn't give them more. Like, I gave them everything that I, yeah. that I have, and I, I loved every second of it. And, and so it's like, it helps, I think, somewhat with some of these transitions of, okay, so she's getting older, and man, we just got a few more years, and she's, she's not going to be in high school? <laughs> like, what's happening, you know? And it's it's almost like, yep, yeah, that's thumbs up. And I enjoyed every second, yeah. you know. And and that's that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for Drew and Ava too. Is I just want to give them everything. So when I look back, I don't have the regret of like, man, I shouldn't have put my job first, or I, sh-, you know. Now now again, there's also this balance of. You this, can't be the Bluey dad. Is, this is partial. Yeah, like that doesn't exist as much as you'd want it to. Bluey, number one, Bluey is awesome, dude. Like if you've never seen Bluey, that is a great Brady show. doesn't understand whether you have kids, kids or not. Right. Like, and if you do have, you know, young ones, you need to get them on the Bluey track now because it's fun for parents. Just, to just watch but it. just be aware of the expectations that. Are oh man, be set. you'll never be able to live up to it. You will. It's Bluey's like, parents. It's are, crazy. It's insane. Um, this is this is another perfect. thing too that I got to be careful of when I'm talking to other. Like, there's nothing wrong with with parents wanting you know a break wanting some space yeah. all that kind of stuff that that's healthy and all that but the, and the rhythm of my family 
and the way that Marissa and I are wired, we're just um, we don't really want too many breaks. That's like, how that's how Rachel and I are. And as well. we don't want vacation. And, and but there's but at the same time, there's nothing wrong no. with the other end too. I would just encourage parents, no matter how old your child is, um, you know, just enjoy every stinking moment and like and and just like have fun with your kids and you know some of us think i i know i kind of fell in this trap of okay emma's really going to need me she's really going to need me up until about maybe middle school and then then it's then it's me kind of starting that journey of starting to pull back and that's not true they actually need you more in middle school and high school more than they needed you in elementary school they need you more now. You're going to face resistance because that's just natural. And that's okay. Don't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> like, but, but they need you more. So it's not a matter of uh, now I'm starting to let go. It's time, it's time to press in even more of being willing to offer yourself, to have those conversations with them, to hang out with them, except when you're rejected because, again, it's nothing against you. It happens to everybody. But you don't quit. You don't quit. You don't yeah. quit. You're there. So that's mm. one thing that I'm learning through Emma. Is it's like, oh, I thought this would be different. I thought I'd be like, okay, you can start doing your own thing now. Um, and, and some of that happens, and you want that to happen, right? But uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Does no, that, that make sense? sense? I think that's great advice. I think that's the reality. And I think a lot of parents fall into that trap of as the, my kids get older, they need me less. But the reality is, and, and I heard this said, and it's going to be a, I hate colloquialisms, but it's going to be a colloquialisms. Mm. Uh, people will always say, like, in regards to sending your kids to school, like, they're the missionaries in the school. And I heard it said one time, and this was so true, they're not missionaries. They're your mission field. Mm. As a parent, your kids are your mission field. And, like, until they reach 18, and even after they're 18, but, like, then they can really, I mean, they're on their own if they want to be. But until then, they need you, and you've got to be involved. You've got to know their friends. You've got to know their likes, their dislikes. You've got to deal with that rejection and push through it because even they're saying they don't need you, they absolutely do. Yeah, and they, they really and they want, want you. Because I can remember as a kid, and listen, when I was younger, I went through, when I got into middle and high school, I was completely wild, off the rails wild. Um, and Grunge days. Long hair. That, I, I fully embraced it. Yeah. Right. And then we'll stop with that. But like, I fully embraced <laughs> all that. And um, so, like, I can remember rejecting my parents. Yeah. But down deep inside, I wanted my parents. Yep. But it, it was just hard for me to get to. Mm hmm. And um, and thankfully, my parents never gave up on me. But the Thank beauty, God, you know. But I wanted them. I did. I can I, remember that. I think the beauty is, as you reflect, and parents, I, w I just encourage you, man, reflect on your own life. Now you reflect on it. You're like, man, I wanted that. Mm -hmm. I may have not known it at the time, but I wanted that. And that's the beauty. Like, how sweet of a testimony it is to say, I pushed back on my parents, but mm -hmm. they di they didn't they didn't stop. They yeah. didn't quit. They came after me. And now that I look back, man, I'm so glad they did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it in our pornography podcast like forever ago. Yeah. The role that my dad played for me in high school, no one else could play that role. Yeah. No mm -hmm. one. I mean, God. But, like, I, the rejection that I felt or, like, the, against myself, my dad was able to walk me through that and shepherd me through that to biblical manhood and biblical purity. And I don't think that that would have been as powerful 
if he was like, well, that stinks, son. Like, sorry, you need to go to church and ask a pastor. Yeah. Instead, he was like, no, I'm going to fight with you. Like, yeah. I'm going to get in the trenches with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're seeing, because of a generation that grew up with parents who were either domineering or not there, we're seeing a weird switch with parenting where they're almost like, I, I don't want to force my kids to do anything. I don't want to talk to them about those things. Like, pastor's kids don't come to stuff because they're like, oh, I don't want to offend them with the Bible. I don't want them to be like I was. But in a way, that is almost more hurtful to just be off of it, you know, in my opinion, mm-hmm. than to shepherd your, your kids into the Word of God and show them what it means to live that way. And they need it more than ever not to get fully into the conversation we had yesterday about yeah. the culture. But, I mean, man, it's obvious now. We, we are under attack like never before. This is crazy. Philippians this 2, is we are in a crazy. twisted and crooked generation. You know, and, and, you know, for us to stand on the word, we're bigots. Yeah. Um, and they're f- students, middle I, I elementary kids, they're feeling the pressure. And we've got to walk with them. We have to be willing as parents to have authentic conversations. Your kids need, during this time, need a safe place to ask questions about gender identity, about certain sins in their lives, about what they're seeing on media, um, a lot of lies that they're catching all over the place, the flack that they're getting, the feeling that they want to hide who they are in Christ because they don't want to be rejected. Like They need a safe place to be able to process these things, and you don't have to know all the answers. It's actually really cool when you can have a conversation with your kid and you're both like, I don't really know what the answer is, but we'll find out together. But just even to admit to them, like, you're in process too. Yeah. Because adults are trying to figure out what's going on in the culture and how to handle it and how to react and just as much as they are. And they need to see that because when I was a kid, I thought at a certain point, when I got to a certain age and I was an adult, I'd have it figured out. Like, I wouldn't be in process anymore. Like, and of course... It never happens. And I think kids need to see their parents living out a messy faith because it's messy and it's hard. Be authentic about their setbacks. Be authentic about, man, I don't know. I don't know how to, like, love on people who hate my guts mm-hmm. and stand against me at every turn of what I believe. Um, that That's hard. It's easy to talk about when you're in – a church, but when you're out there and you're seeing them face to face, and how you know how do you work through that? I just think they need to know they're not the only ones. Yeah, that's dealing with it. And who better to hear that from than than your parents? Mm. You know. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Adam, thanks, bro. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thanks yeah. for hanging out. This has been a vantage point. We are uh, excited to get this one back up. Get to know Adam a little bit and uh, hear about our nerdiness. Yes. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys, we'll catch you next time. Have a great day.